What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Broke Down Garage. Me, Brent Gill, Jake Becker here. Hey. Fun episode today, as per usual. Uh, we got a long one for you. Uh, this is what happens when we write out a plan. It goes way longer than we expected. Uh, but our encyclopedia, Becker, over there, uh, talked about some fun stuff. We're talking about the Cummins motor. We're talking about Carol Shelby's involvement with the Viper. We're talking about the new Land Cruiser and its dope return to form. We're talking about an LS-swapped airplane. Talk a little bit about the Camry. Uh, and next week, I want to talk about how Jake thinks Bob Lutz feels about Porsche's fuel. Oh, yeah. Next week. But this week, we got those other topics. We got a fun show. So let's get right to it. Enough of this dilly-dallying around. Jake's got 19 cigarettes to smoke. Let's do it. Let me show you this. Did I send you that Camry? That Toyota Camry? The, new the one. Zephyr? I don't think so. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. I think this was just a guy that loves Camrys that like did a design of this. Um, but I make fun of Steve AJ about this all the time. Um, cause he loves Camrys, but look at this motherfucking Camry, dude. This looks sick as all hell. It's on Instagram. I think that's just the new Camry. That's like the new Camry for real? No, I Zephyr Designs does it. On it. It's Zephyr Designs who made this. Body. Right. Again, I think they did the body kit, but the headlights and the most of the car is the new Camry. Really? Yeah. Dude, I straight up fuck with Camry, dog. I, mean, I don't really mean that. I don't mean that, but this thing looks hard, dude. The front end looks like a dude, fucking they're Lamborghini. They're just copying the Prius front end that everybody loved. Everybody went ape shit for the new Prius front end, and Toyota was like, okay, we'll hold my beer. Oh, really? Let me look at the new Toyota. New Prius. Yeah, and they're racing the new Prius. But yeah, the 2025 Camry, I think it might even... Be a little bit meaner looking than that one. I guess I that mean, that... somebody customized it. All right, let me look this up then. The new... Who, like, what is Zephyr Designs? They probably did the body kit and the arrow and shit, the wide body and all that. They're probably some big JDM company that got access to the body before it comes out. Okay, this doesn't look nearly as cool. Well, it's not wide body. <laughs> Is there, is there like a GR Camry? Like, what was the Not base yet. model? Like, what was the base of this car before they put the wide body on? Because the front end looks totally different. The front end of this thing well, looks mean I as mean. I shit. Think, I think those are Prius lights that were put on a Camry. Okay. But the new Camry is going to do that. It's just not quite as clean as the one that was customized. I don't know, man. They're great. I've had a Camry. They're good cars. It's just, uh... Oh, it's just some fucking uh, dude that makes designs. It'd be weird. He's a self-taught... Excited about it. A Camry? Yeah, I got this front-wheel drive Camry that goes vroom vroom. That's my favorite part about it. It's front-wheel drive! (laughs) Or as it should be called, wrong wheel drive. It's wrong wheel drive. 
It may be all-wheel drive. Yeah, it is. Dodge offers more all-wheel drive cars than anyone else. Or not Dodge. Jesus Christ. I was reading a tab while I said that. <sighs> Toyota offers Toyotes. more all-wheel drive cars than anybody else. Yeah. More than Subaru. More than Ooh. Audi. What? Yeah. They have is that just because they don't have a ton of cars? Uh, that's part of it. I mean, Audi does have a ton of cars. They have small, medium, uh, mid-executive, and large executive. It's just Toyota built a shitload of fucking models. They have two micro. They have two small cars, two medium cars, a full-size car, a grand car. <laughs> They're going to say they have two micro Three SUVs in the mid-size market. Yeah. And... I'll cut in here. This is a good spot for us to start. The fucking new Land Cruiser is like, man, do I love Japanese guys. Because somebody at Toyota just got like pissed and was like, you know what? You know that thing that we call a Land Cruiser now that grew to be twice its size and turned into a luxury vehicle? Y'all can take that and throw it on the ground. We're not building that shit no more. We're going to go back to building a Land Cruiser because that's what it's called, a Land Cruiser. And the reason people want one is because of how great a Land Cruiser is. So quit worrying about cowhide, you fucks. <laughs> and Dog. I respect it. I respect that they just returned the crown to being rear-wheel drive without really announcing it to the world. They were just like, here's our top-of-the-line sedan. Like Toyota's the crown. The, Wait, I don't know the crown. The new one sucks, design-wise. Like, it looks like shit. It's historically been their best car. But the new one is quite oh. ugly. Not, not going to lie. It's, it's, got, it's got problems. But Toyota's out here just being like, we're, gonna, we're just going to start building cars right. We're tired of these fucking customer demands. We have a good enough customer basis now who just believes in us because of our reliability that we're going to give you what you actually want. You're going to come in and buy it because you believe in the name Toyota and you're not actually concerned about anything else. And then in a couple of years, you're going to realize what made that car great was that we gave you what you fucking need instead of what your dumbass thought you wanted. <laughs> That's what this Land Dude. Cruiser is, man. It's like almost the exact size of the old one. Oh, it's so fucking good. It makes me so happy that they're so, doing this. I mean, this Land Cruiser looks nice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, all right, first off, before I talk about it, you tell me what it is. I Obviously, it looks cool. It's a it's a good size. Uh, the, the, you know, promotions of this and the old Land Cruiser uh, look good, so you can kind of get it side-by-side side there and see the heritage. I get the marketing of it. Uh, I'm looking on the insides. Well, tell me why you like it. Uh, like be a little more specific if you can. Like you just dude, think I that it's just that. like an old school, it's it. just an old school whip. Dude, it's old school. Every single one of them's coming with an electronically controlled full-time four wheel drive transfer case, limited slip differential, a rear locking diff is standard on all models that goes 50, 50 front rear. It's, it's just like, it's the real thing. It's the real deal. It's got a towing capacity of 6,000 pounds, even though they made it smaller. 
Like they, they just went all out making this what trucks are supposed to be. This bucks the trend of like every fucking seven years, the F-150 and the Explorer get bigger. Like, and that's, yeah, that's true, dude. Right. A Rangers. Right. We, I mean, we talked about that last week. We were in high school. Right. So for a yeah. company to take their flagship model that everybody wants, who's got money, every hip motherfucker that works at Google, Amazon, fucking Facebook, meta fucking Instagram, all those kids want a dope ass land cruiser. So the fact that Toyota's just like, we're going to make it cheaper. We don't want all that fucking money you want to spend on the luxury interior. Do you want our truck? It's going to come with this. This is what it has. This is what it does. And this is how big we're going to fucking make it. Like, that's just respectable. In a, in a climate where, like, Chevy's readying the Corvette sedan or SUV. You know, I just really get a kick <sighs> out of a car company that goes, <sighs> actually, here's what this product's supposed to be. And then goes back to it. Dude, I I hate Chrysler. I'd almost like just go down to a dealership and give a salesman a hundred bucks if Jeep came out next year and was like, "Hey, we ran the numbers and they're great, but we decided that we want to take care of our customer and we're not selling any more four doors with a removable roof." I'd be like, "Oh, good! Like they they actually give a fuck about their product again. Good for them. Let's let's get behind that." But yeah, Toyota's doing it hard. They put that electronic motor that assists that's got 48 horsepower that can do dope shit on hills. Like the technical aspects of this thing are really cool. On top Is this a hybrid or is it full gas? It's technically a hybrid because it has the 48 horsepower electric motor, but it's gas. So it's kind of using similar technology to uh Similar technology to the hybrid uh, in terms of probably like low end instant, like low range torque, basically. Yeah. And Toyota, I mean, they publicly said a year ago, or maybe it was a little less than a year ago, but they were like, all these laws about getting rid of electric motors. Nah, we'll we'll make hybrids, but y'all can suck our nuts on going full electric. We've been building hybrids since before any of you and come at us with some fines. We'll see you in court. So they're also doing like the bare minimum to make it hard to get tied up with them in court. So they're putting a 48 horsepower electric motor in a fucking land cruiser and going, it's a hybrid. Holy shit, dude. This is a 2.4 liter four cylinder. Yeah. It's your favorite. It's turbocharged. It's not my favorite. So it's turbocharged, a, but as far as I was being facetious, if I was going to buy something turbocharged, it would be a BMW or a Toyota. Okay, fair enough. Because BMW uh, and Toyota tune their turbos better than any other company. They get rid of the lag. They have better systems. They have better engineers around it. It's not a great system, but they don't. On most of their road-going cars. They don't use them to build crazy numbers. They build them to build better power arcs. So they're not blasting your motor with heat all the time. A la Subaru. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to release 5,000 of these to North America first. Uh, It's going to be the first edition grade. uh, And it's going to have 
round heritage LED headlamps, roof rack, rock rails, and exclusive interior. I don't have great. I don't have great uh, video. Oh shit! Hold on. There's somebody at my door. Are you getting arrested? That would do it. I'm back now. Okay. Yeah. She, my house used to be a duplex, so she got confused when she got to the door. Understandably so. Um, I yeah, think sex, this thing. Pizza is only open for two more days. So. Oh what? Yeah, they're closing on the first. Sexy Pizza's closing. Days, but yeah. So How long were they open for? Three months. Three years, two years, three years. Didn't that building just open? Didn't he just get that building? No. The train depot? After I moved here. Yeah, three months months after I moved here. So, yeah, almost three years. Why is it closing? Uh, It's just not making enough uh, to be worth their time with the other stores. Wow. Focus being pulled so many different directions. Yeah. It's making money, just not the amount. Like, if you and I opened it and it was our only restaurant, I think we'd be pretty stoked. Wild. Yeah. But, yeah, no, man, the Land Cruiser's the shit. Like, I just, I can't get enough of companies doing what's right instead of what's wanted. I think that is a important part of what car manufacturers used to do that is no longer focused on at all. Now it's just like, sell them whatever they want. We need a dollar. And it used to be like, no, if we make one really good product that everybody dreams about, they'll come in and then we can sell them other really good products that are actually what they want. And when we show it to them, it would be insane for them to want anything else. And now they're just like, we'll put a turbo six on or whatever you want to get the gas mileage. I don't know. Well, I mean, it also seems like they're they. I mean, if you if you really look at it business wise, I don't know why this hasn't been the case earlier. There's several things to this that make sense to me. One, it's got to be cheaper because you're just like, all right, we're making one motor. That's all we're doing. This is the motor you get. Uh, you know, my my dad taught me a thing long ago about it's uh, called choice architecture, where you look and like In and Out's a great example of this, where they have a double cheeseburger, a single cheeseburger. Uh, grilled cheese, and I think there's a fourth thing that that, that I'm not a, that I'm not aware of. That's it. A four there's four. You have four options. That's it. Uh, and so you know when you go to like the grocery store and you look at and there's 86 types of fucking shampoo. You're like, well, which one do I get? I don't know. And it takes forever. So I think that, and then you have to stop and make a different formula. You got to re, you got to package things different. It's got to cost you more money to give all these options out instead of just coming out and be like, this is what you get. So to me on a business end, I think this is uh, a very smart move. Uh, and on a psychological end, it's an even smarter move because then this just, this is going to lead them down the road of, of, of we put thousands of man hours into this. We've decided this is the best combination for this car, to, just like you're saying, uh, yeah. and this is what you're going to get. There is no, th- there's no more pissing contest. It's cheaper for us, and it's going to end up being cheaper for you, the consumer, as well. And you'll get the product you actually pine for. When you look at it and that's what you want, that's what you'll get. 
There's not a different version that comes with a better motor. There's not a different version that comes That's with smart. a better interior that was the one you saw pictures of. This is the fucking car. Right. This is what you're going to get. We're not going to put a more efficient motor in it because you want this, but you need it with better gas mileage because you're only going to use it to take your kids around. We've got a Highlander. We've got a HRCV, whatever the yeah. fuck it is. We've got all these other cars we'll gladly sell you that are amazing, top of the line. But this one does this. Like, man, I love that. And, and those do that. About, and this one, right, yeah. yeah. The psychology of it, there's a really interesting study done years ago that found that the optimal number of things from for you to choose from to be satisfied is seven. The optimum number of items for me, for a customer or a business to have for me to be satisfied. Yeah. Is seven. It applied specifically to paint is what they were studying. So if you go to buy a car, seven options is the amount of options they can give you where you will make a choice and then feel later on like you made the best choice. If you have less options, you'll feel like you were forced even late, like later on when you reflect on it, you'll go, yeah, blue's good. I wish I would have maybe been able to get like a copper. Like you'll have that kind of emotion about it. If you have more than seven options, you'll always second guess what you chose. Interesting. Wow. I think how much yeah, money like, they fucking like, spent on that dude. Some fucking dude spent... <laughs> you know, uh, uh, three months of his work life just doing experiments and tests and reading <laughs> just to come to that Dude. conclusion. And if you want to blow your mind, if you go look at most car models like Build Assist online, it's seven colors. It's seven colors for most of them. Wild. How many colors do you think this uh, cruiser has? It might be more because they're going for a retro thing, or it might be seven per trim level. Yeah. Yeah, but there is a there's like a psychological truth to what you're saying of like choosing a thing and having less options in certain spots and having more options on a thing that has less control over how good it actually is, but how much you think it's pretty or attractive right? is definitely the way to make cars. You shouldn't be able to choose whether or not you want a sunroof or which spoiler or what size wheels or which transmission on an M car. It should come with what it fucking comes with. And then you should be able to choose the color and what fucking fabric you want on the seats. I agree with and that. And when you're like, but I want, but I want leather. They should be like, it's an M car. And we were cutting weight all night in a goddamn warehouse. We're not putting heavier fabric on the seats. Suck my fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and I, but this should be industry wide. And this and this kind of goes nicely into what I wanted to talk about. We were talking earlier today and I mentioned that um Bob Lutz is my hero. I think we yeah. should have a national Bob Lutz day. Bob Lutz is the motherfucking man with a plan who's never missed. Um and uh you asked who he was and what he did. I brought up his legacy of getting Carroll Shelby to get involved to make the Viper over at Chrysler, and then Chrysler pissed him off, and he left and went to GM. And then the government pissed him off, so he launched the all the rear-wheel drive Cadillac CTSVs and STSVs immediately 
on the back of a press conference where he was announcing how mad he was that the government made him waste money. So, um, and then, then we talked about, you didn't know that Carol was involved with the Viper, that it was like one of his Zero clue. projects. Zero clue. Yeah. Um, how much, so what year is this when Carol's doing this? And is this, this this is post Shelby with Ford the first time. Yeah. 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 Shelby's relationship with Ford the first time was pretty short. It ran up until they got like, I mean, they were done making, uh, Shelby Mustangs in what? 74. There were no more. So they built them from 66. Is it 65 or 66 the first year? I should uh, I'm looking it up. Uh, uh, 62? Wait. No, those Come are on, Cobras. Man. Yes. I'm talking what are you looking at? GT. GTs. The Cobras were cars that Shelby bought motors from Ford. He didn't build those with Ford. He just bought he the motors. Ford on the... Yeah, he worked on with Ford on Shelby Mustangs and then Cobra Torinos and shit like that. But before he started working on the Mustangs with them, which came off the sixty five January twenty seventh, nineteen sixty five. Yeah, Shelby GT three fifty. I think is around the same time they started developing the uh, forty. Oh, I remember this but car. Yeah, so this, this is came way out. after this. Is this Eleanor? Yeah, the three fifty. Yeah. Well, Eleanor's a fake car. I know that. But, yeah, but you knew what I was talking about. Body, yeah, if you added the body kit and the fog light bumper with fiberglass and shit, like, yeah, that's an Eleanor. Uh, no, you know what? what? Eleanor, 67. Eleanor might be a, K, a KR. Yeah, I think it's a 67 KR, and they claimed it's a GT500 Code E instead of a Code KR. <laughs> Yeah, they call it you, dude. I mean, you gotta give, you gotta give gone. Ouch! You gotta give gone in sixty seconds credit for what they for what they created because car people absolutely hate when you say Eleanor. Uh, <laughs> like it's not a real car. <laughs> well, well, no, I like Eleanors, and I think it's cool that they got them officially licensed, and Carol was involved and signed a bunch of them, and they're cool. It's just when you asked if that was an Eleanor and I wasn't looking at the picture, I wanted to make sure I was clear and not saying on. Oh, podcast, that's fair. Okay. We're already going to attack a lot of the shit I say half cocked. I didn't want to <laughs> also be like, yep, that's Eleanor, dog. Because this one, I, I definitely know that's not, but it is, but it's not. Because yeah. really, they're pretty much the same body. They had different vents on the fastback and shit like that. But uh so yeah so then in like 86 80 what, what year did he start building? and this is after he started so so when did he do the shelby cobras 62 so this was right before he did the shelby mustangs he built the cobras on his own then ford contacted him to build the gt40 and while he was because they liked what he was doing with the cobras no, because they were really mad about how Ferrari decided to fuck him over at the last second of business. Ford versus Ferrari. There it is. Got it. Uh, right. And so they they were desperate for somebody, and Iacocca believed in this kid. But it really – he was building cars that were bananas fast. 
the, the Shelby Cobras are fast by today's standards. They're not kind of quick, dude. They're very fuck you fast. Was he doing a, was, was the Shelby Cobra kind of, uh, uh, like who designed the body? Like, well, like, was it, was it a kit car at the time? Like, did he have someone create that body or was that something else that he then was dropping Ford Mustang motors in? Yeah. So what it is, is that the, okay, how does this work? So it's an AC, it's called an AC Ace, or yeah, an AC Ace is the car that they fucking cut up to make AC Cobras. And the first slab-sided ones aren't cut up, but then Carol started to wide-body them. But basically what happened is that Carol got oh, I see. his car company in Europe was going under and that he could buy a bunch of their bodies cheap. So he contracted a lot of these gotcha. from AC, bought them, and then put his motors. He was trying to buy any motors he could get from these manufacturers. And Ford finally let him have like a hodgepodge of a bunch of different node motors. He had 289s, 427s. I think he might have had some 305s. They had everything. So he was building these AC Cobras out of what he could get from Ford. Carroll Shelby's like the greatest American car racer at the time. So the fact that he can't just get motors off any of the American manufacturers kind of puzzled him. But, because, yeah, why not? Like, why why weren't they giving them to him? Well, because despite the fact that none of them were racing at the time, they were all getting ready to go back to racing. And so he, they didn't want him to be competition. Right. They didn't want to give their high zoot motors to some kid that was going to show up at the track on Sunday and then burn their ass. Or just give away... Shit, when you were because this is also back when you were truly mostly racing shit that you were gonna sell. It might be a little bit different than what actually went to market as far as like side view mirrors and shit like that. But for the most part, but here's an ace that's for sale right now. And the only reason these are really worth what they're worth is because they're the real Cobras because it's got a two liter six cylinder. You know, they were they were good cars, but I don't Holy shit There's balls. Two hundred and seventy five K. Yeah, and that one ain't bad. Wow. That isn't, that isn't as outrageous as they get, you know. There's there's one for three hundred and seventy, three hundred and sixty. There's a coupe for ninety eight, and that's what I'd buy. I'd buy a coupe and then actually build it into a cobra since they never used any of the coupe bodies to build them. And this was uh British? Yep, it's a British company, AC, Ace Bristols. I like these pedals. So this is like a, so it's 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 very. I like this era of car. It's see, this is why I like my Z3 so much because, uh, you know, as Zach Clapman called it, it's like a German Cobra. Uh, it's like these little old school roadster cars. They're so fun to drive. They're so fucking dangerous. Uh, and then they just have a huge front end that you can put a massive motor in. Well, yeah. And I mean, your this thing's so, so clear than a Cobra. Your car is more of a Buick Apollo. Wait. What, I don't know what a Buick Apollo Buick looks Apollo. like. A Buick Okay, so first of all. Later on. 
Jake, you just sent me this nineteen sixty AC Ace uh, hardtop, this blue one on Hemmings. For those of you at home that want to come look at this, this thing. I know it's kind of broken down, but who cares? Because we would strip it anyway. This thing looks cool, dude. Oh, dude, that's I what mean, I would buy. If I, if, my if I had fucking God. Like Robert Downey Jr. money, this is what I'd be driving. 97.5. This thing looks so yeah. sick. Yeah. It's it's like the line. This is a 1960. The lines on this are just so... Oh, it's just so nice. It looks... Uh, it looks like you're sitting on the back axle, almost. You almost are. It's I bet you can move this thing. I bet you if you put the motor, I bet you could put a motor far enough back that it would cut. It would almost be behind that front axle. Oh, they Maybe pretty not. much are. There's know. barely no. There's barely any weight sitting on the front axle. Yeah, they're pretty great. And then Shelby built the fuck out of them. Slammed them into America's consciousness, and everybody went, "What the fuck is this?" You can see where the front axle is. It's not even. It's actually behind it. So this is a mid-engine car, dude. That four-cylinder LS that Blueprints put down. That thing in here yeah. would be gnarly. Yeah, dude. It'd be the motherfucking. That would shit. be gnarly. Yeah, you know. Oh my that god, would be that gnarly. would be so much lighter than any of the Cobras. It'd be so much better. But here's an Apollo GT from the 60s. And it was, you got to understand, a lot of people saw what Shelby did and got excited. I mean, other companies hired Shelby to do it. Sunbeam paid Shelby to put a Tiger motor in the Alpine and make a Sunbeam Tiger. Like, they, everybody was trying to get a taste of Shelby there for a handful of years, man. But this Apollo GT <coughs> was this uh, International Motor Cars... Uh, uh, they they built it with my motor in it, so this was like this was more like putting an LS in a car back then. They built they put a Buick LS. motor in there. So Shelby didn't have anything Super. to do with this, though. No, but this was some guy who was like, "I could do what that fucker does." That's yeah. Cool. So then Bob Lutz got all excited about the Viper and got Shelby over working on the GLS and getting like a working relationship going with Chrysler so that they would invest in this idea they had. But then I guess it turns out that Carol got like kind of sick while they were actually launching the RT 10. So even though he had a lot to do with the design and the testing and the dialing in, he wasn't credited because he wasn't technically there when they were doing billing hours. Interesting. The GTS. That's wild, really? Yeah, and the 96 Coupe was designed to look like his ground-up Daytona Coupe. Like, they based the car on his research from back in the day. It looks like you can buy a first-gen Viper for, like, like 45, 50 grand. Yeah, and if you look hard, like, 30. Really? Yeah, man, if you look hard, there's cheap Vipers. The the guy I've respected the most that I never got to know well in my life, I don't know anything about this man. I know, like, three facts about this guy. When I lived on Capitol Hill, there was a dude down the street from me on Pennsylvania. He moved, so I don't feel bad saying this, who drove a 96 Dodge Viper or a 95 Dodge Viper RT10 convertible and parked that bitch on the street and lived in an apartment building and drove it to work every day. 
and I've never been more in love with a man than I was with that balding redheaded fuck. I respected him so much. I got to talk to him a couple of times because I got a hoot out of it, dude. You'd see him pulling out in rain. You'd see him pulling out in fucking light snow. If there wasn't more than like four inches of snow, that fucker was driving his Viper. And if there was snow, he was getting a cab. He didn't have a second option. I love that, man. That is real car culture right there, dog. It's like, I... Dude. I have an apartment that costs me twelve grand a year, but I have an $85,000 hot rod parked on the street that I can go fuck shit up in when I feel like it. You, you know what's going to hurt your feelings <laughs> and at least raise questions when people Google this? Is that on this what? Wikipedia page you sent me... Um, Carol Shelby is mentioned one time and he's only mentioned saying that it was introduced the, at the, the, the Indianapolis. No, for the Dodge Viper. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, oh, I guess I Googled when was the first Dodge Viper. So the SR one <coughs> was an 89, but it didn't come out. It was started in 89, but didn't come out, uh, until the concept Started in 88. The concept came out in 89. Uh, and then development of the car uh, completed in 1990 for the first year in 91 uh, at the Indianapolis 500 when a pre-production car driven by Carol Shelby uh, being forced to replace the Dodge Stealth because complaints were coming from the United Automobile Workers. Uh, it later on went on sale in January 92 as the RT-10. Shelby was only credited here as driving the pre-production car at Indianapolis 500. That's all he's got in this entire Wikipedia article. Right. No, I, I researched it earlier after we talked about it because I knew there was more to the story. He was sick when they were developing it. So he worked on the car from 87 to like 90 and then was... But then when they were building it, he was not involved. He was there. He just wasn't there every day or like collecting a check. Like he'd show up when he wasn't sick and help him dial in the axles. That's a bummer. He didn't get, uh, help him get a different tune. I don't think he gave a fuck. I think he was getting money from Bob Lutz. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, this thing's sick. It's an eight liter V10. I didn't realize it was that. Displacement. It's a, Lamborghini, it's a Lamborghini machine. Is that pretty much what the Lamborghini uh, uses? I guess that kind of does look like a Lamborghini engine. It's a Lamborghini motor. It's not pretty much what a Lamborghini motor uses. It's a fucking Lamborghini motor. Really? Yeah, Chrysler owned Lamborghini till like 97, 90. Really? 99. Yeah, Chrysler what? owned Lamborghini forever. Yeah, until VW bought it. What? Is the Urus on a Touareg fucking chassis? Yeah. It's a fucking Cayenne. <sighs> So's a Bentiaga. I'm so disappointed. Jeff, I'm so, uh, or you, uh, I'm so disappointed, Jake. It's okay, it's buddy. It's a fucking. It's a Touareg? So that, that disappointment you're feeling right now is why I'm so excited about the Land Cruiser. Right there. The, everything that just happened inside of your brain where you just did the, the so sad. math and saw you saw the equations of how everything was a lie. That's why I'm so happy that a brand's uh, like, no, fuck you. Here's our SUV. We're not going to pretend it's something else. We're not going to put Lamborghini panels on a fucking VW Touareg and charge you 400 grand for it. 
That hurts my feelings. So is this thing as hard to work on then as a Lamborghini? Um, oh, they're very hard to work on. <laughs> I, well, that's not fair. They're not hard to work on. No one's practiced at working on them. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, if you did it all the time, there's nothing trickier or less tricky about these. They're just different. And if you're not doing it all the time, it's it's enough that you you have to have a reference book out or a page open looking at what you got to do all the time because it's just different than a standard American motor if you're at a hot rod shop. And if you take it to a Lamborghini mechanic, you're going to get bent over. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you look at this car, I mean, the only thing you need to upgrade on this is the wheels. And that thing looks like it could come out tomorrow as a brand new model. Yeah. Like if you like that like, if you look like the first the first model, those we and I remember this. 96? I went I, I had this I had this as a kid. Uh no, the very first SR one, the 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 red one with those old school like eighties looking wheels. The R T ten, yeah. Oh you mean the concept car. Um, I don't know. I'm I I'm looking at the one on Wikipedia right now. But like the one that I remember, that that RT10 had the dumbest looking wheels. They're not dumb, but they're just old looking. Yeah, there's five spokes. No, these are threes. The best, the best ones. Oh, they did have those three spokes. That's right. I remember those. Those three spokes uh, are so best. ugly to me. Yeah, they're corny. So's the zip up windows and shit. The best ones, the '96 the GTS Coupe, is when it got real. The first, the first one from 92 to 95 was a subpar car. They've got bad dashes, bad knobs, bad control. Oh, I remember this one. I remember this GTS Coupe. They were making it for as cheap as they could, literally, because Dodge didn't want them to make it. And then when they proved that it was a good idea in 96, they were like, okay, you can put a roof on it and seats that don't suck. And you can put in roll-up windows and door handles and... <laughs> The first one doesn't have door handles, dude. Is that true? Like, yes, it's a hundred percent. I'll be true. damned. No door handles. Yeah, they're they're it goofy sure fucking cars. No, they're they're a little goofy and they're raw. Like it, the the first ones, the R, the RT tens. You've got to be a hell of a driver to own it. It will whip your ass. It's it's that. like driving a race car. You've got to be strong and you've got to be on it to keep that car under control. They're 10 inch wider wheels and shit, man. That thing's ready to go. I love that. <laughs> that's why it was never I, after, after 96. That's why it or after 98. That's why it was never really better than the LS Corvettes. Cause the Corvette would keep up with it in every measurable way. And then also driving the Corvette to a grocery store because you forgot milk doesn't suck. <laughs> like if you drove a if you drove a Viper and stop and go traffic, you'd want to get out and fucking break it. Like you'd want to get out That's and bash the car in. Yeah, That's fair. Re- it's worse. It's worse than your Beamer. I can't believe I drove that thing from Denver to LA in one push, fifteen hours. Yeah. But this, the, these I had are to put, way rougher I, than that. I had to put earplugs in because it was so loud. Yeah, you would in this too. I, I <laughs> watch guys do videos where they test old RT10s and GTS coupes, and they put on like shooting 
headphones to be like, yeah, it's so I can't funny. test this for more than an hour. Yeah, they're raw. It's so funny. They're raw. And you can get them cheap. And if you were willing to learn how to do the work yourself, it's not a bad investment. But if you were going to be paying to get work done to it, it's really just the motor. You might get into a hairy situation pretty quick. I, I feel like you would need to know someone like Hoobie's guy, uh, you know, to have a relationship exactly. with a shop like that. That's the only way I think oh, that would be doable. Or my buddy in uh, Malibu, uh, he runs the Malibu Mafia, I believe is what his little group is. He has a... Uh, um, he has a uh, a shop that he owns, or at least owns part of, um, and he has a two hundred thousand mile M five V ten. Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm going to say that one more time. He has the v, the BMW V ten with over two hundred thousand miles on it. And those things. You know how much money? At about. They're the worst motors that BMW's ever made. I mean, they're great motors. They're Formula One motors. They're just so inordinately expensive to maintain. Well, yeah, and they go out of whack. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's like a a quadruple Vanos or some shit. It's like some weird... It's crazy, but like he's just got a shop that does all the work for him, which is the way to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, I also am excited. Jake and I are going to get our dealer's license, which I'm so excited about because I kind of think this is going to be a way for me to just drive all the cars I've always wanted for two weeks and then sell them and then pay no tax on it. Yeah. Make money on people's bad decisions. <laughs> angry wives. Oh <laughs> yeah. I can't I'm wait. Doing the dude. opposite of what Dodge, what Dodge is doing right now. Oh, brother, dog, they, <laughs> they got VW. Dude, I, dude, I couldn't, no, they got way worse than VW. I couldn't be happier about doing a car podcast when the death rattle of Dodge is ringing out. Oh, God. <laughs> After we already talked about how Dodge is just going to be shut down as a company. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. This is, this is it. Now there's not even a Hail Mary left. The fact that they just got $1.6 billion in fines means they're fucking sunk, dude. It's over. They quit making dude, the, the I, Challenger and the Charger went off production what last right before Christmas. I think the 23rd or the 22nd okay. was the last day they were produced. So those are done. So Dodge doesn't have a car product anymore. All they have is SUVs and uh, trucks. And, and Ram, trucks they've already is- split off into another company. Right, was because they were going to maybe save that when they weren't going to save Dodge. And now Ram's fucked. They just got a $1.675 billion worth of fines. And because basically they did exactly what VW did. They put a device in their motor to tr- in their diesels to cheat the uh, the emissions. Right. But whereas like what is this? VW says – they were actually correct, and I believe them that one day they'll be vindicated. I don't think Cummings was doing new science. I think Cummings was defeating a test. What kind of impact do you think this has on our environment? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, like the reason I asked about that is because do you think that uh you know, obviously they're getting this fine because they fucked up our environment, according to the government. Do you think that it actually fucked up our our environment? 
Probably. Yeah, it probably did an amount of damage that I'm sure is big. I mean, they're very popular vehicles. They sell very well. It's really, I think I, we said it in text, or I said it in text, but it's been the only reason to buy a Dodge for a very long time. Is that you can it's get for the Ram. Cummins. So, oh, so yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that you could get, no, not even a Ram. It's that you could get a Dodge truck with a different company's motor in it. That was the best part about Dodge for a long time was that you could get their chassis and they were smart enough that they hired a different company to make their motors because they knew they couldn't make their own goddamn motor if God gave them the power to do so. Uh, so they've been on an exclusive contract with Cummins for ever. I mean, for like fucking ever they've been, they've had an exclusivity contract with Cummins and that expired a handful of years ago under Stellantis's watch. Cause Stellantis was like, we don't fucking care. Fuck Dodge. It's a waste of money. And then Nissan. And that's, quietly rose that's the Cummins guy. Uh, no, Stellantis owns Dodge, Fiat, Ferrari. Oh, that company. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they didn't care to renew the exclusivity portion of the contract. They were like, no, we'll just sell your motors. Thank you very much. And then Nissan sells them now in Titans. And I genuinely don't know how much of a redneck patriot idiot I'd have to be to buy the Dodge Cummins over the Nissan Cummins. I haven't done enough research to be sure that the Cummins that they give Nissan is exactly comparable, but I'm 99.99% sure it is. Uh, yeah, Ram and... Why is Cummins that good of a motor? Because all they do is build that motor. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same reason Mercury Marines really good at building Mercury engines. Like that's all they do. All they do is build boat motors. I guess that makes sense. Okay, this makes sense. This all makes sense, Jake. Do you think it's how like long Alice. ago did Solanus? How long ago did Solanus buy Dodge? Oh, I don't know. Cause fucking Daimler bought it for a minute, and then they decided that was a bad decision, but. Daimler owned it while they decided to make the Challenger and the Charger on the old 190E chassis. Because here's what I'm asking. Stellantis. Do you think they knew this was coming and they sold it to Stellantis to put it on them? Oh, no. They sold it to Daimler because it was a failure, and Daimler sold it to Stellantis because they knew it was going to still fail, that there was nothing Mercedes could do to save it. Gotcha. Mercedes had the company. Daimler Mercedes had the company, and they were like, no, 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 we can't make money with this. This is a bad product. Get rid of it. And the only (laughs) successful product they've had since then is the sports cars that they based on. 30 other cars 35 year old mercedes yeah a 35 year old mercedes chassis is the only successful car dodge has had in a long time like successful in that <laughs> in so much that it's good the the pt cruiser and the neon sold well those were successful cars but the challenger and the, God, the neon i forgot cars, about that thing well that's a pt cruiser is just a neon with a different body Dude, I saw this uh, meme on uh, the interwebs of the original PT Cruiser design and the yeah. and the actual pro- like Dollar. production. 
the Prowler. Well, it kind of looked like a Prowler almost. Yeah, and the Prowler is like one of the best shining examples of a car company tripping over their own dick on their way to production. <laughs> Dude, if they if they had put the they wanted the Prowler to be like a Plymouth Viper. It was going to be a V8 just like a step down from the Viper with retro cool classic and a style. And then at the last minute they were like, "What if we put the V6 from the minivan in it and only gave it an automatic?" Because they got scared it wouldn't sell well at the last minute. And then everybody on earth, it was like one of the last poster cars. It was one of the last cars that like teenagers dreamed about without knowing anything about it. Back before internet and Top Gear and all these things where you you knew statistically what was the best. Back when kids had pictures of Countach's that were slower than everything else. Because it looked cool. The last one. Yeah. And the Prowler was the last <clears throat> thing that was like so good looking that... 14-year-old boys didn't give a shit that it was as slow as their mom's car. But if they would have... Like, dude, it costs a fortune. Guys have done it. But LSing one of those and putting a Tremec in it, perfect car. You could put one of those four-cylinder blueprints in there. Oh, you could put one of those in in it easy, too. But, like, it's mostly fabricating the tunnel and the transmission going in. Because they backed out at the last minute and produced it for this dinky little fucking van motor tranny combo really yeah they biffed it dude like the plymouth would still be around if they did that car right that car you think so for real you think there would have been enough interest in the in in sales in it yeah that car would have sold like fuck dude all, all you need to see is what they did like five six seven years later with the challenger where they like Mercedes got the company and they were like, we don't know what to do. Take that big fucking truck motor and put it in that taxi cab we used to sell in the eighties and go rip up drift tracks and fucking drag strips and let us know how sales go. If they would have put a big motor in that, it would have sold like a motherfucker. The the Viper was too expensive and too unruly. That thing would have been selling like a Corvette. It would have given them brand identity. It would have made the PT cruiser cool. The fact that there would have been this other old-styled car that wasn't made to look exactly like it or using the same name, but just like, yeah, I have a Plymouth sports car, and I got this little Plymouth SUV that's also a gangster weird old car that I drive my family around <laughs> in. Yeah. Like, people would have looked at it different. And they probably would have offered the V8 in the PT Cruiser at some point if they would have made it into the Prowler, the same way that they put a Hellcat in fucking everything. Yeah. Dude, that PT Cruiser was a piece of shit. My grandpa had one as like the car that we could, that like the family could use when everyone's in town or whatever. Because it reminded him of the old days. He had the Woody uh, PT Cruiser, uh, where it like nice. had like fake wood exterior on it. It was the two, it was the GT, so it was the two point four turbo, uh, and you could fucking burn out. Uh, just it, it, it was an automatic. And if you fucking floored it, you were spinning wheels. And oh, yeah. just that boring PT Cruiser, and man, I beat the piss out of that thing, and that thing lasted for years. Yeah, I think he had it when he passed cars. away. Yeah, they were good cars. That's what I mean. But the perception of them wouldn't have been so like white trash, weird. If, if, if the Prowler had pushed through. 
Yeah, if there was a Halo card that that car referenced, people would have thought it was neat that we were going back to that style instead of it just being this weird discount car. It the convertible two-door like PT Cruisers? Car. Dude, if they I hated that PT thing, Cruiser, dude. No, but if they would have made it with the two-door with the hard top, with the regular roof, it would have looked like every... Yeah, that would have looked sick. Yeah, that would have been the shit, dude. I'd have driven yeah. the fuck out of that thing. But we've already talked about it. you got to make four doors. More horrors. Well, they were planning on making a Prowler and then oh, doing fair. this as well. And then everybody pulled out and then Dodge took the Plymouth PT Cruiser and made it the Dodge PT Cruiser and then just kept building it on the Neon platform and never developed it any further because they didn't want to spend money because they were just bleeding out of their ass because they never made a good decision. Dude, Chrysler hasn't made a good decision since they decided to do the K cars. Like that is that is the last time a good thought went through that fucking building. The only people that have had one iota of a good thought since then were the R&D and the engine department. Everyone else at Dodge firmly has their head in their ass. Their electronics... These old school... Trucks catch on these fire. old school Chrysler's, the diesels. K cars? Everything on them is fucking... Like the 80s? Quality. No, now. Oh, that was their... Like that was... All summer. That was the first... That was the first bad decision they started making, you're saying? Okay. No, once they decided to build the K car, they never made a good one again. After they introduced uh, the K car, everything they did from what is that seventy eight? It might be earlier. It might be like, like seventy six. Uh, but once they introduced the K car, Chrysler was just not a good car ever again. Ever again. Then in the late eighties, they had to go into business with Mitsubishi and just rebadge Mitsubishi's as Dodge. Like they. They've been doing the shit that American car companies have really only been doing for like the last 10 years since the 80s. They just haven't been doing well. I do. One car that I do have a, a weird you know, desire for. I don't know why. Uh, like, it's so weird. The cars that I do want are so like, are you poor? What's wrong with you? Is uh, yeah. I'd love to get an SRT Crossfire. You're fucked. Um, I totally appreciate why. <laughs> They're very, they're very fast. They're unique. What a bad car! Oh, what a bad car! Such a bad car! It's so bad. It only came with it's a fucking a automatic. Cruiser. No, it's not. It's it's, it's, it's the it's the it's the Mercedes AMG uh, E55. Just knocked out of six cylinders instead of V8. It's still the it's still the Mercedes uh, transmission. Maybe the motor and tranny, but the chassis is a fucking neon PT Cruiser with a subframe from a Mitsubishi. It is, it is a. And I thought I had a Frankenstein car. Yeah, you could put that motor in a PT Cruiser, no problem. It's the same fucking chassis, it's the same exact chassis. I do like that motor. I want to get that motor or the Mercedes one. I I uh, I remember in LA, I wanted to get the uh, um, E55 AMG. The like oh four to oh six. Are you tired of your wrist feeling good? Like why why do you want a front wheel drive car with four hundred horsepower? You just tired of pulling No, I don't think that AMG was front wheel drive. I don't think that AMG was front wheel drive. The fucking crossfire is. Oh the crossfire might be, yeah. But the but the so Mercedes if it has that motor and tra- if if it has the Mercedes motor and tranny, then the Mercedes must have been front wheel drive. Or it doesn't, and it's got a way overblown Dodge motor like I thought it had. They were way over-souped, too. That is like the halo car of why not to over-turbo engines. 
Like, look how fast my car is for 30,000 miles. The, the, the Mercedes? No, the fucking Crossfire. Uh, oh, we're, you're still stuck on the Crossfire. Yes, the, <laughs> the, S, the SRT4 is like the engine you can show people to be like, this is why you don't put too much turbo on a motor. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Every, yeah. Everything about it becomes dangerous, not fun to drive, and it wears out fast. This is not a good idea. They had turbo lag like a late 70s Porsche. <laughs> I love it. They're so I think it's bad. so trashy. I know. It's so funny, they're, though. They're neat because don't, you don't see them. Yeah. I, I don't really want it. I just think it's cool that it's got the Mercedes motor in it. Because if you open it up, yeah, if you open it up, it looks exactly the same. It's just a six-cylinder version of the eight. Well, that's look at the crossfire. The right, correct. And it even had a square on there for the plate for where they, the Mercedes builder oh, would put his signature. I'm I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I was picturing the wrong car. What's the car that replaced the neon? Or no, that replaced. Oh, I don't yeah. know. The 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 the, the SRT four. You're talking about an SRT. Oh, the SRT four. The, the yeah. I'm talking about the SRT six in the crossfire. I thought you said four. My bad. I thought no the, the four. No, this is all. This is a, all supercharged. This about, is everything you love. Yeah. No, that's that's just an SLK. I thought you were talking about the caliber, not the crossfire. My bad. I got my C words and Chrysler's mixed up with SRTs. <laughs> well, Chrysler's got uh, a no, whole SRT, list of illustrious. The SRT six Dodge, Dodge didn't build it. Dodge didn't build the crossfire at all. They sent Mercedes badges to put on the car yeah. when they were building it. Um, but the SRT6 came with an inferior automatic. Yeah. And it came with a and it came with a different bell housing so that you couldn't put a manual on it. So to put a manual on one of those is inherently it's just expensive as fuck. Huh. I've looked Putting my BMW manual onto my LS was expensive as fuck too. Uh, just the installation for a manual onto one of those SRTs is about seven grand with, without parts. It's a why do they do that? Because they didn't want anyone to fuck with it. Well, because Mercedes knew they were about to sell Dodge. Oh, and they didn't want, okay. They didn't want whoever bought the car to have rights to technology that would compete with the car that they sell. That makes sense. But uh, the base but one and the the base one comes with the base SLK motor, but with a head that doesn't have the right compression, so you can't put a compressor on it. Wait, I thought I'm pretty sure that it, it is supercharged. The SRT six is, but the base model that has the correct good stick oh, transmission gotcha. that Mercedes made, they put right. a decompressed head, I, I and like a different bolt pattern on the. Crossfire, so you can't put a Mercedes supercharger on the fucking car. Like they went out of their way to hurt my feelings. Twelve years later, <laughs> for real. Like an engineer really thought about like someday some dumb white German kid's gonna think he has a good idea, and then he'll do the research and realize he must have a Benz. Like no, fuck <laughs> you, dude. I wanted that weird ass car. I thought they were cool as shit. That fucked up yellow that they painted them is a great color. 
<laughs> I mean, just I looking at the it. motor and seeing that big-ass compressor on there, it does make you kind of feel like you have a Mercedes. But then when you hear all that, like, it's kind of like getting – it's kind of like getting a base model, or not a base model. It's kind of like getting a 325 CI. And then you're like, no, I can upgrade this to an M. I can put all this cool shit on there and bore it out and do it. And then you're like, no, I can't. God damn it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of like course I they can, thought of this. The, yeah, the cost is just exceedingly high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. They, they, definitely, yeah. they definitely made the option of going back to the dealership and just buying the one they built cheaper. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, all right, here's a question because this does shoehorn into our next topic. Uh, I am curious. Why don't you see more motors, uh, like German motors? Why is the LS so popular? Uh, and And why aren't you seeing, like, more... German motors, like for example, why don't people take that eight that V eight compressor that was five hundred horsepower in two thousand seven, you know two thousand six? I mean that was insane horsepower back then. Why aren't people taking those from junkyards and putting them in other cars? Is it because it's so hard to mate up with anything? Like why is LS just the preferred platform? And then we're going to talk about this airplane. Well, the reason there's there's a couple of factors to that. One of them is what you said. It's harder to mate the Mercedes shit up to things because it is less supported. So there's less people interested in doing it. There's less bell housing adapters. There's less motor mount adapters. There's less of that shit going on. You can have it fabricated just like early LSers did. But at the end of the day, the LS is on fuck winnable. Like that's all there is to it. There's no there really hasn't been a better crate motor built. And before the ALS, it was the 350. Chevy's just always been unfuckwittable when it comes to motors. Ever since those two French brothers decided to put an overhead cam on a motor back when everybody else thought that was insane. They've always had tech that was riding the line between reliability and performance Perfectly. Perfectly. You can't get a V8 as light as an LS. You can't get a V8 as durable as an LS. You can't get an L8 that builds power like an LS, and you can't get a V8 that revs like an LS. You just fucking can't. You so why haven't these other Germans done something like this? Like, why is BMW still making their complicated V8s? Dude, if you don't think there's a bunch of German engineers who cry every time a new Corvette comes out, you're out of your fucking mind. They, <laughs> They're devastated. The fact that the Corvette's been marketed poorly for 40 years is like all these companies have going for them. That's it. The fact that the Camaro's marketed towards rednecks and not marketed properly means the M2 will be sold. Because if in reality they were marketing the car correctly, they'd never sell another M2 ever. Because the Camaro's the better M2. I don't think it handles Every, better. It, it handles just as good with the track package. What? Yeah, dude. It's no, such a big car. Are, it's not. They're the same size. It just visually looks bigger because it has a higher belt line, smaller windows, and a different rake on the roof. They're the same exact size. The M3, the new M4 and the... James Becker, everybody. <laughs> the, new, 
The new M4 and the new Mustang are the exact same size. Huh. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, 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 I can see that. But I can't see the Camaro and the M2 being the same. That M2 is tiny. No, the new M2 is not tiny. The new M2 is way bigger than the last one. The last M2 is smaller than both of them. The new M2 is not. But Hmm. they're not marketing correctly. But as far as a motor goes and you do your research, there's not many episodes of Engine Masters where they had to do multiple parts because they couldn't blow a motor up. And they're just strapping additional turbos onto an LS and they can't get it to fail. They've got the fucker at like 1,300 horsepower just bolting shit onto it trying to get it to fail and it won't fail. They want to take it apart and see what failed first. Nothing will fail. They're just bulletproof. They're light as fuck. They're all aluminum. The parts are everywhere. Chevy puts them in multiple vehicles so they're not a rare engine. Then they make an iron block version and put it all their trucks so there's parts everywhere. There's options. There's designers. Guys have tried to figure it out for truck engineering, race engineering, car engineering. There's options in how to use the motor. It's unfuckwittable. It's the same with the 350. It's been Chevy's brilliance since that guy accidentally drew the 350 back in the fucking 60s. Like, that's all there is to it. They they put a motor in a Camaro, then they put it in the Corvette, then they put it in the truck, then they put it in the family cars. And then that's the car they built for the next 40 years. And then they put out an LS 20 fucking six years ago, dude. And it's still what they're putting in everything. They put it in Pontiacs. They put it in fucking Chevys. They put it in trucks. They put it in Escalades. They put it in everything. It's unfuckwittable. Chevy's always, GM's always been number one at having their engines so dialed in that they can fuck around with other shit. And everyone else puts out a totally new product every 10 years. And Chevy's never, GM's never done that. GM's I'm just surprised that structured. I, I, I'm just surprised that they that more manufacturers aren't. It just seems so clear to me. Uh, you know why wouldn't manufacturers do this? Uh, do exactly this. Why, why would manufacturers allow themselves to not just make the best motor and just only make that motor? <clears throat> Dude, why weren't the other composers just making music like Beethoven? Like part of it is, is that just they don't have they don't have the guy who keeps striking the genius. And granted it was two different teams in two different eras and Chevy did definitely get lucky. But part of the reason they had all that money to put towards the development of the LS is they weren't spending a fucking dime on the 3800 V6 that they were using from 1962 or the V8 they were using and everything else from 1967. Not a dime. They weren't spending a fucking dime, and no one else could compete with them. With engines they were using from the 60s. The Buick 3800 is from 1962. And the Chevy 350 that was in everything else is from 1967. So Mm. they'd had zero dollars dumped into the fucking R&D department over at Motors, other than developing the LS throughout the 90s. They had no other projects going on, because why the fuck would they? Everything else they had was perfection. Whereas Ferrari reinvents their motor every so often. And Ford has to reinvent their motor every so often. Because they're trying to keep up with this perfection that GM has already achieved. And everyone else is trying to do it. And they might put out a meaner version. They might put out a different version. It kind of goes back to what we said earlier with the Viper. The Viper was an incredible car putting up these incredible numbers. But then the LS came out and you could drive it to the grocery store. You could take your kid to batting practice in the Corvette and traffic and not be pissed off about it. 
because the engine was just so much more elegant, so much more ready to be driven, hmm. just be raped. And, and old M cars are kind of like that. If you ever ride in an old E30 M3, like you kind of got to be in that fucking thing or it kind of mm-hmm. rides rough. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And Corvettes and the LS famously, unless you way over fucking build them, they'll get a little choppy, but not in the car they were built for. You can put seven, eight thousand horsepower, put a thousand horsepower in a Corvette. It'll handle great. You start putting that drivetrain in a car it didn't belong in. It might need some dialing in and some tuning. But if you're fucking with Chevy's R and D, it's it's pretty hard to beat, and their motors are just undefeated, dude. It's it goes back mm. forever. And I know I'm a, a GM guy, but like the more I've learned about it as I get older, it's the right choice. It goes all the way back to those two French fucks, the Chevy brothers, building overhead motors when everyone else was trying to figure out how to properly build a flathead. They were like, "Nah, this is what we do." That's probably why you're liking this uh, Toyota so much. Yeah. It, it, it uh, is part of it. I mean, it's crazy to see where you can put these motors. I mean, I know I already mentioned That's this, like mean. the plane, but you but you see it in boats. You see it in golf carts. You see it in smart cars. You see it in, like, Teslas. Um, we, we were at, at LS Fest in Vegas. We saw this this plane, which you can find on on the Internet. I didn't think it worked. But the dude has a Chevy LS in the plane, and that's what powers the prop on the plane. And it sounds just like my car driving by. It sounds so fucking cool, dude. Yeah, it's fucking dope. It's a prop plane. Yeah. So the drive shaft's running the prop. Yeah, so the engine's turned around. It's wild. It, 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 it like, I don't know how they made that work. Uh, I don't know how fast it can go, how high it can go, but I am so on board with it, dude. <laughs> it's so I cool. It, I think they said with a tank they were only good for about a three-and-a-half-hour flight because I talked to those guys for a minute. I think when you were buying a hat, because I didn't yeah. buy a hat till later when I started to get burned. I, yeah, but I talked to them for a minute and then stood by while they were talking to somebody else in detail. I think it's like a three and a half hour. Maybe it was a four and a half hour flight that it's good for on a tank of gas. And then I do remember them saying there were some limitations to it not being a circular. I forget what they call that, but most auto, most airline motors are in the round. Okay. And so Cleus like, McFarland just just put up a video on this too five days ago on this video on this plane. Fuck yeah! It's Ultima. Uh, JP U L T I M A J P is the YouTube channel for it. Uh, but, but Cletus McFarland has one. He just put up five days ago. Uh, cause I guess it was in his town. It sounds so cool, dude. It's bad. Should, should we uh, swap a plane? <coughs> no, we, we, I want you to hear me clearly. I want you to hear this. In your soul. You, you and I cannot get into planes. <laughs> we can't start that that life <laughs> I can't go faster than what I'm allowed to do on four wheels I'll get addicted to it and I will sell my butthole to make enough money to su- successfully have a plane hobby I can't have <laughs> that in my life oh man that's so fucking cool uh, it sounds dope dude y'all should watch this video I mean, it's incredible. 
like when it goes by, dude, it sounds just like a, it truly does. It sounds just like a car. And he put the 5.7 liter LS1 in it. Right. Cause I, that's, I think that is the most reliable LS or is it the three? I think it's the, uh, and the I, ones. I don't know. The one is what I got in the Z3 and, um, I've got lifter tick in there, I think. But everyone says to me, what? We've already talked about this. It's replace the shit. I think that's what it is. But uh, everyone says it's probably cheaper to just wait till that thing blows and then just put another LS in there. Well, yeah, because you already have all the fabrications done. So all the only right. cost you have is a motor. Yeah, you just have to right. slide it in. So to me, I think I'm just going to keep this motor going until it blows and then fuck it. Yeah. That's uh, the way to be. Find a clown shoe, put it in that. I was telling my parents about this. I was like, if I had a clown shoe version of this with an LS swap, first of all, everyone would be mad at me for ruining a clown shoe. Uh, but Not if you got I bet you a little I, motor. Yeah. If you found one of the, and that's what I had, like everyone starts to get mad at the Z3M. Uh, but I'm like, look at the rear bumper. It's not a real M. It started as a 1.8 liter four cylinder. Yeah. So, I, uh, dude, if I built one, this is gonna this this goes to my roots of like weird hot rodders. But if I built one, I wouldn't put the M shit on it. If you built one, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I mean, so the Z3 was swapped. The entire body was swapped. The seats, the 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 gauges. Right. The, I mean, every single part of the entire car was swapped, and and even the wheels. Like I got those really expensive uh, discontin. It's got it got this paint on there that's discontinued by the EPA. Uh, it's like every part of it's an M, and it was like that when I bought it. But when I was building the Z3 or the uh, E46, I was like, this is not an M car. We're not putting M stuff on here. Uh, even like the floor mats, I got some new floor mats. I was like, I don't want M floor mats. It's not an M car. Well, no. And it's cooler to me if there, there's something special about a factory special, but there's something to me my whole life that's been kind of gay and light in the heels about trying to make your car a factory special in appearance, making it just as good mechanically and being a sleeper is cool. Putting the wings, putting the body kit, putting the spoilers, putting all the shit on it, to me is like, well, then spend the money and get the real one or build a hot rod. But a hot rod shouldn't have – you shouldn't be trying to look like a factory special when you're building a hot rod. Right. I, th- I think that's the antithesis of the goal. The but antithesis I'm of weird. the goal. <sighs> but yeah. These clown shoes are getting a lot fucking cheaper, buddy. People are quitting giving. I'm trying to look them up right now. I'm pulling them uh, up. But I'm trying to log into Facebook. It's not working. Oh, fuck Facebook. Hemmings. Uh, Hemmings, if you want to. How about Charlie on Hemmings? I'm trying to find find them right now. I'm seeing if there's any for sale. Uh, here's one for 35 that's clean as a whistle. $35,000? Here's for twenty six nine. That's just even maybe even cleaner with the cooler rare rims on it. It's a two thousand. Dog, we need to get this dealer license immediately. Yeah, but they'll come up like rough ones that you would LS. That like not nothing's fucked up, but the clear coat's peeling off. They've got one hundred eighteen thousand miles on them. You know what I mean? 
Those ones are going for. Yeah, that's fine with me. Now. Well, that's what I'd want. I, e- I don't like. Now, are you looking up M cars or are you looking up? No, not M. And they're still going uh, for eighteen k for the for the coupes. This is a two point eight liter with only fucking forty six forty nine thousand miles on it for twenty nine twenty six nine. It's a manual. I don't even know that I'd LS this car. I might just buy this car and drive it. See, that's the thing. I don't want to buy a car that I don't want to tear up. Well, yeah, but I already know how broken I am, and I don't get rid of cars unless they get wrecked. So I'll just drive it until this motor fails and then put an LS in it. I'm broken. I don't – dude, Get. I'd, I'd rather get rid of family members than cars. I don't think these cars break, brother. Uh, they do. I mean, I, I think – I think, yeah, I mean, maybe, but not with how you drive it. I've caught one of those engines on fire. I'll definitely do it again. Have you really? Dude, Yeah, I caught I've them. had such I good luck those. with my BMW motors. Oh, no, they're the best. I'm an asshole. No, a BMW motor's about as good as any motor that's, okay. BMW's inline six, Jeep's inline six four liter, and Toyota's, 2JZ GTE are the three engines that I think exist on a plane with the Chevy 350 and the Chevy LS motors. Every other motor made, I think, is inferior to those four motors. Those four motor groupings are the best things that have ever been made. That being said, an inline six, I did catch a 2.8 liter inline six on fire by driving it way too fucking hard. But I was drifting my car into my parking spot every morning for like six months. Like I was drifting from Broadway <laughs> down, down Ellsworth, past Lincoln, into the parking lot behind Denver Relief every morning at 5.45 a.m. I just like to see how it did it in different weather conditions. Made me very happy, and it made one of the owners very mad, which also made me very happy. Man, this I forget how cool these coupes are. The, they're they're so good, and knowing that like this is one of those cars that again, design style wasn't number one. Number one was stiffness. Putting the clown shoe roof on it was to GT the fucking car. That was it. They weren't trying to sell more of them. They were selling the convertibles like gangbusters. The coupe was just to take the motherfucker to the track. And I respect a car company that says, like, we're going to build something that everyone thinks is ugly at the time. And I didn't. Even as a kid, I thought they were kind of cool. I thought they looked like the Batmobile. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting looking car. It kind of looks like, I mean, Ferrari tried to make one of these based. Uh, I forget what version that was. But they tried to make one yeah, that kind of, this kind of reminds me of. Well, yeah, it's a shooting brake. Which British one? Car guy. It looks like an M. Uh, the Ferraris, the FF12 or the FFC, they made a couple of them. They made two models. You think we'll find one of these at a dealer's uh, auction? FF? These coupes? Oh, yeah. No, these... uh... People are starting to care less. And the other thing that goes against what you believe, but it's going to be important for you to learn here in the next couple of years, because you haven't gotten one and kept it original other than the convertible, really is all these late 90s, early 2000s cars where a ton of the engine bay is made of plastic are all at the age where they're drying out and breaking. So it doesn't matter how well-kept it was. It doesn't matter how low miles it is. The shit's about to break. 
so the services on these is about to go through the fucking roof. Wait, what? What's happening? Because they're made of plastic? What? The engine bay? No, a lot of the components. So, like, your mass air sensors. Like, a lot of the newer technology that was put in German motors in the late 90s, early 2000s was put on in the cheapest way possible because they didn't know the failure points that were going to exist. That's what happened with my VR6, man. That car went from being, like, the best car I'd ever fucking driven that had front-wheel drive to being, like, every time anything goes wrong, a light comes on, it's $3,800. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, cause every time they popped the hood, they were like, Oh, that's broken. That's broken. That's dried out. That sensor doesn't work. The coupling for this is gone. This is no good. So that's why these are all candidates for motor swaps is what you're saying. Yeah. And it's also why all these cars that were like halo cars, even like four years ago are starting to get cheap. Cause everybody who has them is realizing like, Oh fuck. This car's in pretty good shape right now, but I know from the club that if I don't sell it, if I put 12,000 more miles on this car, it's going to need 20 grand. So I might as well sell it for 27 grand while I can get the money. And, and what year, and what years are these that you're saying? The cars that you think are the best cars ever. We, uh, I was hoping you, that, that yeah. you think so? Really? You think that my, that my so. life's going to be like them. that? Yeah, I've owned them. I know so. They're, it's it's just a, it's a product of how they were doing business at the time. And it sucks, but like all those plastic components, all the plastic connections, all that shit's going to wear out. The same way, dude, that you cannot find a 1980s European car that doesn't have dash cracks. Like you're just not going to fucking find one. If that fucker was parked outside eight times since it was brand new, it has dash cracks because all the European manufacturers were using shitty fucking foam and vinyl and it overheats and it expands and it cracks. And you think that my, Z, that my E46 is going to start falling apart? No, cause you just replaced everything. You have an LS. Motor That's true. Right there. You don't have, you don't have a plastic mass air sensor. You don't have a plastic fucking sensor grouping attached to your downpipe. You don't I see what you're saying. Okay. A plastic assembly around your air box that sits right above your intake that will melt and the coupling won't fit after a couple of years. You don't like you don't have all these things they did that they didn't see the problem with at the time that they've fixed and gone back to making them better. But at that era that the end of the end of like the analog car when they first started to put all these tech on the cars, they weren't putting the tech on in a durable way. Mm. The same way mm -hmm. that early fuel injected cars, the fuel injectors just aren't built right because they didn't know what the perils of one seven years down the road was going to be. Mm. Okay. I'm curious to see what cars we start buying and then. Yeah. Cause I'm stoked for shit to get, Holy dude, shit. I'm, I'm all in I'm so all in on 1930s cars right now. I'm looking I'm looking for like a 27 to a 39 Oldsmobile F Touring Coupe. I'm looking for like a 50 like a 49 or a 50 Sedanette Buick. Uh I've got a niche really bad for those two cars. 
right now. <laughs> I'm looking for like a 97 to 04. Uh, <laughs> we're just, uh, I'm going to be so furious at mine. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Because the ones all right. I want, all we got to do is like weld in a couple of frame rails and then put in some motor mounts, and that's what an LS swap is. And the cars you want, um, we need an engineer and some blueprints and some guys that really know what they're doing. <laughs> That's what's attractive to me about these 30s and 40s cars, man, is they're just fucking frame rails and motor bays. There's what, nothing to What it. about 50s, 60s, 70s? Those cars have engineering. The 30s was like, what if we put metal around a couple of chairs and then threw a motor in front of it? So when you want to change it, all you're doing is swapping out where the motor – like there's very little going on. If I showed you the under, if if I like showed you an assembly of how a twenty-seven Chevy's made, you'd be like, "This is simplified, like how it's made," or a children's book. And I'd be like, "No, that is the assembly guide." And you'd be like, "Oh fuck, dude, you and I could do that drunk, and we don't drink." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason oh, junkies man. were coming home home from the war and doing engine swaps in thirties cars. They had money, and they needed to save more of it to make to get drugs. So they just did cheap swaps in '30s cars. Well, and it was easy. I That's did. why they weren't modifying newish cars. They were going back 20 years and buying white trash cheap cars, and then figured out very quickly that you didn't have to be that smart or talented to put new motors and drivetrains in them. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm excited. Dealer's license is gonna rip. Yeah. All right. But that's for another episode. This has been a long one. Yeah. That was fun. Good to see you, Jake. Good to see everybody. You too. Uh, In the meantime, everybody, make sure you wear your seatbelts every single day. Unless you're in a 1930s car that doesn't have one, then maybe Uh, install one. You're going to make me feel bad. I I only wear them in cars built after like 90. God damn it, Jake. You're the worst. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Go ahead. You can finish your thought. You can finish your thought. They weren't weren't built right. The ones in my Buick, I'm more afraid of getting cut in half by my seatbelt than I am of diving to the footwell in a roll and just hoping I bounce between the dash and the floorboard. Like the the seatbelts before Volvo released their three-point harness that everyone uses – they were put there because it was a regulatory requirement. They weren't put there because they worked well. Hmm. That sounds like some stuff that I'm glad to, I'm (laughs) going to welcome into my world. When did they start being good? Oh, they got another, Uh, now we got another history lesson. Well, Volvo, Volvo invented the three point harness with the brake. Seventies. I think in the, it might've been 78 model, but I think it was like the 82 model. And then they gave the patent away for free. A couple of companies were like headstrong. Like you'll remember those Japanese cars that had like the automatic one in the nineties and Ford, a couple yep. of Fords had it. Um, so people tried to develop one based on the Ford one with actually safety in mind, but are based on the Volvo one. But once Volvo shared that technology and everybody just started using it, Volvo gave it away for free. They didn't even charge other companies. It's very, wow. 
very respectable of an operation to do. What a hilarious era of cars, the automatic seatbelt. Yeah. So after Volvo introduced that three-point seatbelt, everybody started to adopt them. But across the board, just a blanket statement, I'd say like 1990, 1991 is when seatbelts became definitely more safe than not wearing one. And then before that, <laughs> it was very situation is very situational whether or not it was safer to be wearing one. All right, now I'm done. Bye. Bye.